Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Five, four, three, two, one. Thunderbirds are go. Oh, hello everybody! It's uh, it's the bloody John Wil- it's the bloody John Wilson show and Chris Gorgeous show. Would you believe it? Ah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna get him on the phone in a minute, and we're gonna have a good old chat and a good old uh, chin champ uh, chinwick chinwick chinwag something like that. And uh, we're just waiting for folks to drop into the old chatting window because there is a chatting window. If you uh, if you're listening back on this one, because I'm wondering why I'm talking about a chatting chatting window. Um, <coughs> that you can type in and, and, and you know say things that sort of shit. And of course, if no one drops into the chat and we do, that's okay. That's no problem. Lots of people listen back. Um, and uh, that's all. Everything's good in the world then, isn't it? You know what I mean? This is a John Wilson radio show. We've got some lovely tunes, some lovely chat with some lovely people. Uh, what else? Um, you can Skype me at John underscore comic. And they tell jokes now and again. I'm a comedian. Oh yes, uh, it doesn't get any better than this. It really doesn't. But as I always say, there's room for improvement. So I'm just going to get uh, Chris on the phone now. Uh, I've got the other computer so far away. I can't see it. But I'm going to ring him now, and we're going to get him on the blower. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome, Chris Gorgeous. It's the John Wilson and Chris Gorgeous show. Would you believe it? I can't believe it. I'm I'm insanely impressed and excited, and uh, my nipples are hard right now. <laughs> it's even better than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> How does the microphone sound? Do I sound nice and full and sexy? Yeah, full, sexy, lovely, dulcet tones. Beautiful, beautiful. How are you, sir? I'm very well, very well, actually. I've had a few technical um, difficulties. Um, but I've worked my way through them, and I'm, I'm happy now-ish. Yeah. Well, you're a survivor, John. That's what I like well, about that's you. It. Well, that's it. You get to our age, mate. You know, it's that's all you can do. Well, you can you can hire somebody, or you can learn how to fix it yourself. And so once you hit 50, you better get some tools. Otherwise, you're going to be broke. Do you find, I don't know about you, Chris, but you have to find the older you get, you just can't be asked fixing it yourself? I, that I can't fix it myself? or I, I... You just can't be bothered. 
I, I do, though. I am uh, completely the opposite. Okay. I do not want to spend money. I don't want to have to hire somebody to come into my house. <laughs> that's fair enough. So you mow the lawn. That's all covered by you. I look. I've mowed the lawn. I have fixed my dryer. I've literally taken my my clothes dryer apart and and replaced the heating element. Uh, I fixed my own cars uh, to a certain extent. You know, obviously I can't drop a transmission in the in the driveway. Uh, and I fixed with microwaves. I. Uh, Put shoes back together. Yeah, I'm constantly fixing things here. <laughs> so, so, so obviously somebody's wandering around your house breaking things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody that comes in here. Jordan from the Double Special Show is a clod. He breaks everything. My wife just slams stuff down, and I have a seven-year-old who hasn't. He's. I, I give him a pass because he's seven to a certain point. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, obviously, when I was uh, when I was uh, very fortunate to come over to Florida, um, <clears throat> obviously I left my son in charge, who's uh, who was 17 at the time. Oh, God. Uh, no drama, real drama. Apart from the fact that I did come home to the door handle on the inside of the house missing. Uh, That's an odd thing, don't you think? Front door. And also the the door to the kitchen, the handle was off there as well. What does your son got against doorknobs? Well, you know, I mean, I just never got to the bottom of it. And he says he never did anything. And Well, what? you know. <laughs> you just let that slide? Two, two doorknobs missing from the inside of your house. So obviously, it was it was an inside job, if you will. Yeah. And, uh, and you just let it go. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I thought, well, he's been, he'd been here for 11 days looking after the dog and the house. And it could have been a lot worse. I guess. You could have come out with no windows. Exactly. You know what I mean? There was no beer left. Oh, uh, ah. Well, that's what it was. He drank all the beer and then just decided he was angry at doorknobs. <laughs> that's probably what happened. Well, listen, as you know, on the old Spreaker, because I know you... You did do Spreaker with the Double Special a while back, didn't you? Uh, I think we started out doing Spreaker with Double Special. Initially, we started on Google Hangouts, and you because know, we've always been live with the video feed. But, uh, yeah, we our shows are up on Spreaker. I don't know that we ever did them live, though. Yeah, okay. Well, we've got, as you know, Chris, there's a chatting window. Yeah. And, uh, you know, straight in, straight out the, the, uh, the, the chocks, Brad McLean, there he is. In the chatting window, all right, blokes, he says. All right, blokes. Is he 17? Oh, is that your son? No, no, it's Brad. Oh, Brad. Oh, I thought it was your son defending his uh, usage of uh, doorknobs. No, no, but give it time. He might, he might <laughs> drop into the chatting window. You never Straight know. In. Straight <laughs> out. The... See, I got you live there. I had to turn that off so I could see the chat window. That's okay. Uh, hey, Brad, what's up? I love Brad McLean. He's a good boy. He's a good. When is boy. he coming to the states? Why? Why don't you guys make it like a tag team? Both of you can come to the well, states. Well, let's see. I mean, yeah. I mean, that would would that be awesome? Yeah, it'd be fantastic. Are you kidding me? I'd never see my wife or any of the women in my life again. But whatever. Well, you know, those men. We've got the. It's, 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 it's important. <laughs> you look. You <laughs> underestimate Brad's power of sexual persuasion and and all around creaminess. <laughs> well, the thing is, you see, he's right, he'd rather fish. Yeah, but he's not going to have those here. I mean, he's going to be on vacation. Yeah, well, true. You ever seen an old movie? There was an old movie, one of my old favorite all-time old movies, based on a Neil Simon play called The Last of the Red Hot Lovers. It starred, uh, it starred uh, oh, God, well, I'm going to lose his name now. Not Alan Alda, but uh, anyway, he played a, a guy who was a midlife crisis, not really into his wife looking to cheat on his wife using his mother's apartment to uh to s sort of seduce these women that he comes across but he's not very good at it and he's also he owns a fish a fish restaurant so throughout the movie there's this reoccurring thing where he's sniffing his fingers to make sure that they don't smell too much like fish Dear and he's God. constantly washing them and I thought of Brad and me I thought I wonder I wonder if Brad does that I wonder if Brad smells his fingers a lot that's a good point I I'd, I'd, I'd like to know 
I mean, he's a clean boy. Oh, I'm sure, but you, you know, fish. Look, that's you know, it's like getting garlic on your fingers. It takes days to get that off. Take days, and also you get used to the smell, and then your brain switches that part off, doesn't it? Yeah, kind of like they start to like it. You know what I mean? Exactly. And then the, you don't recognize the smell. It's like having scents in your house, isn't it? After yeah. a while, you can't smell the scent, and but obviously visitors can. Yeah, or missing doorknobs. Eventually, you just exactly you, you, you think to yourself, "How the fuck am I going to get into the kitchen now?" Yeah, you got to get a screwdriver. It's unbelievable. Uh, when <laughs> it's, I first, like a, it's like a roach motel. People come in, but they can't get out. The actual kitchen door, when I first moved into this house, which is probably about five years ago now, um, uh, the, the latch was broke, and I pulled the door to one day, and mm-hmm. then couldn't get into the kitchen. So I had to sort of like put the boot in uh, on the door. It was something out, it's like something out of police squad. Oh, you kicked the door in? I had to kick the door in, yeah. But th- tell me, though, you felt good, though, afterwards. Didn't you feel like a real man when you kicked it in? Well, you know, it took a few attempts. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Well, I actually twisted my ankle. Exactly. It was just, it wasn't It wasn't good. The noise, the neighbors must have thought, what the hell is he doing next door? Well, he's he's, he's discovering that uh, it's not like on TV, that you actually do have to, you know, get a little oomph behind it. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to go back to the chat a minute, just because uh, dropped in there is obviously, uh, Miguel's dropped in there. And we've got Kev's dropped in there as well. Nice. So, uh, so it's a nice little, nice little crew. It's all the Spreaker crew. Yeah, it's all your, all your gang. It's like the uh, Jets and the Sharks are here. The gang. And did you know this and that? Because obviously we like to plug other shows. <clears throat> obviously, uh, Kev doing the Not That Kevin show. Uh, did you know that Kev is now doing stand up? No, he's uh, he's out in what San Diego. Yeah. He's doing. He just started stand up. He just started stand up. Oh, I may have heard a story about him. I was talking to a buddy of mine who has an open mic, and he said the other night he left the open mic to go gig somewhere else, so he left it in charge of his friend and had a bunch of open micers, and one guy showed up dressed in a huge penis costume, hey. like literally head to foot, a huge penis. That could be Kev. I- <laughs> it could be. Yeah, it, it, the, the room, uh, the open mic room is in a hotel, so it's, like, it's in the lounge, uh, you know, and you got the lobby there. Not probably not the best idea if you're going to do open mic at a hotel to be dressed as a, you know some sort of genital thing. I, I don't understand what's with the with the kids and what they think is funny or not. I don't know. And then he did a bunch of puns about you know being a penis, which was eh, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. It's not my uh, not my thing. You never dressed up in a costume on stage. You did, you wore a wig the other yeah, night. Yeah, don't do the wig because I'm gonna. I'm thinking of bringing the wig with me. Ah, the wig, the monkey. <laughs> you know, uh, so fuck it. Oh man, uh, yeah. I, I what are you gonna now? Do you guys celebrate Halloween at all? Are there parties and stuff? Or do you do that? It's nothing like what you guys do. Um, but um, you have like a, a masquerade. Party well, you know, you kids knock on the door. And you say fuck off. <laughs> oh, so people actually do come to the door, but you're not handing anything out. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll, I'll buy some sweets for the for the uh, the occasion. Yeah, for the kids. What yeah. about parties? Do you get dressed up? Do you go out? No, no, not at all. I think there are there's a few places that you can go and do stuff like that. Very much like um, th- there's a place over in, in Liverpool called Farmageddon. Oh. Uh, very much like where Crystal was wandering around the other day. Good Farmageddon. Well, that sounds spooky. Oh, you know, it's the usual chainsaws and you know they really put a lot of effort into it. I tell you. Oh, I bet. Well, I mean, it's a farm. You, uh, if you, here's the thing, if you were getting, if you were uh, getting an invite to a very fancy masquerade ball, you had to dress up. What would you go as? I'm just curious. What would you dress up this Halloween as? If you had had the opportunity. Well, um, what, what have you always wanted to dress up as? Um, 
not thought this through. <laughs> yeah, it, nothing pops into your head to me. Like for me, well, in a stormtrooper, I'd like to get that little outfit. Oh shit! No, well, yeah, but yeah, but there you go. You see, I just wasn't thinking straight. Yeah, well, yeah. that's it. You're gonna go with stormtrooper. Well, say it. Dress, <sighs> dress, makeup. Well, no, I mean I've I've done that, Chris. Uh, you really? know, just fooling around with the kids. Oh, uh, <laughs> doesn't sound good to see. No, not at all. <laughs> no, you know, there's one of those things. One of those. Um, we're we're, we're sister in laws. We're sister in laws, and the kids thought it would be funny to put makeup on me. So okay. when they, by the time fin- the kids finished putting makeup on me, I thought, "Fuck it, I'll just go and put the dress, the dress on. on." Sure, well, I'll finish the package. Okay. Exactly. Nice. Yeah, okay. You're right. Your holiday is much different than ours. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, but you see, it's it's sort of filtering through, and it's, you know, I know it's a big deal over there, uh, and one of these days I'll come over for Halloween uh, and, and see how it all kicks off, but um, over well, in the UK, I, it's very... I want to think about that, because it looks like Miguel just said he'd like to be Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. So I don't know how that... Ugh. Oh, shit. You see, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't really want to go for the horror side of things. That's the one thing I do like about America because they will. Most of the kids are going to knock on the door. They're either going to be witches or ghosts. I mean, ghosts. Not much effort in that, really. If I'm honest, sheet and the two holes. Nobody does that anymore. Now, kids are more creative nowadays. My son went as like a Minecraft character last year. Oh, the kids put all kinds of interesting stuff on. That's uh, cool. uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I like the sound of that. See, that's yeah. what I like. You know, because I'd probably I don't Darth Vader or. You know, Luke. I think well, a very have, bad you Luke. Buy, you have to buy that one. What if you had to make one? What, the, the Darth Vader one? You'd make a Darth Vader outfit? No, I couldn't make it. I'd have to go and buy it. Yeah, I was going to say. you can't. What, are you going to whip that up in your shed? <laughs> no, that's your job. I, I said I fix things. I didn't say I create things. I'm no, uh, you know, I'm not a, uh, not a movie magic guy. Uh, yeah, I know, although I have a pirate outfit that I have, I have like three fallback costumes in case I got nothing else going on. I got, you know, the obligatory hobo costume, which any person should be able to throw together from their wardrobe. You should be able to be a hobo at any point, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's just yeah. my, my basic daily dress. <laughs> uh, and then you got the, uh, I got a pirate outfit, so I had to buy a couple things for that, but it's a sort of, I, I mixed that with a renaissance, almost like a, it could be a renaissance or a Jedi knight. We have actually... We had big, uh, uh, like, uh, shrouds that go over our heads and everything that somebody made for us for a festival. Uh, and she she uh, modeled them after the Jedi robes, which was pretty sweet. And I still have that, actually. That's cool. That's pretty cool. So, so are you, are you going to be around then, uh, Halloween? Are you going to be out on the streets? Uh, Halloween, I will be uh, working. And I think the night after Halloween, i got to drive to Georgia or some crap. i, I got a show to do. I'm driving all over the place. I'm, I'll be in Alabama on New Year's. Ugh. Wow. Yeah, Alabama's not the place you want to be on New Year's. Well, you can just go where the money is, bro. Well, that's it. The money is there. It's a it's a military base. It should be interesting. But Yeah, well, I think, I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to hearing how that goes. I, I, I'm i a little nervous about it, I have to say. You're going to keep it uh, toned down. I can't be too too liberal, too crazy. Yeah, but that's fine. We'll figure it out. You know, it'll be fine. I mean, you know, funny's funny, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's what they say. But uh, and then, but then you say something funny, and they're like, "Well, that offended me." Well, yeah. Everybody else liked it. You're the only person. Yeah, well, it's not funny. Okay, whatever. Well, yeah, well, that's that. That is a problem, isn't it? So, uh, not that Kevin said he went as as Brad last year for Halloween. Hell's bells. So, 
What is he just dress up and, and carry fish around? How does that even work? Yeah, well, you Kevin, you're welcome to phone in and tell us all about that. I'd like to. Well, know. he says he's been to Alabama. I'm doing a base in um, Huntsville, Alabama. I think it's called Red Stone or Red something like that. I don't know if it's an Army base, an Air Force base, or what it is, but I'll be there for New Year's Eve. It'll be in, me and Tiffany uh, spending New Year's with uh, some other co-headliner guy up there, and so it's paid very well. But uh, got an hour's show to do uh, on our military base. <clears throat> and then Tiffany says to me, "By the way, when we get there and we're going through the gate, don't make any jokes." Now, mind you, I'm a vet. I was in the military for seven years, so I know how to get on a base without getting arrested. But for some reason, she I guess she heard a story that people say, hey, don't check my car for pot. Who the hell would say that going into a military base? Well, the, well come on. We've all heard those stupid stories of those stupid tossers. Which is the only way to describe them. Walking into airports and saying something really stupid, you know, when they're checking in. Um, and obviously, they, you know, they're doing it when they're going into these bases as well, aren't they? Well, they need they deserve to be turned inside out. I, you just keep your mouth shut and do a yes, sir, no, sir, and you get in, no, no problem. Exactly. So, um, so there's some material there straight away, isn't it? You, you know, because you, like you said, you were a vet, so you know you, you, you're on side, aren't you? Oh, I thought you meant about trying to get on base. I was going to say that's not a bad idea. I could actually talk about how difficult it was to get on base and how I made some comments and I ended well, up in good. the back of a van. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, but no, I was just saying. You know, you've got you know you've got history, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I got a few jokes that I wrote about being in the Navy. Uh, they're not really anti-Navy. They kind of make fun of the uniforms. I, th- and if it's another branch, then I'll get away with that. Uh, and I've got a few jokes about learning how to be uh, a combat uh, medical person in the military that, and that we had to uh, train on each other. So, well, they, it, yeah, they, there's some stuff there. I'll stick to the basic stuff. But I can't do, like, I can't talk about marijuana. I can't talk about, like, politics. i got to really stay away from politics. I mean, you could hit uh, the U.K. politics, couldn't you? I don't know anything about the UK politics. What's happening over there with your politics? Oh, it's all shit. Is it? Oh, yeah. Well, what do you mean? Well, you know, you've got this, you know, because of austerity now, we're trying to, you know, get back in the green. Yeah. <laughs> we're all in the red, like. I mean, we're not in the red as much as you guys, but Jesus. Um, <laughs> Thanks for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> but, um, you, know, the, you know, this is what they're trying to do. And obviously, it's the poor people that's suffering yet again, isn't it? You know. I'm one of them, so yeah, it is. Exactly. So, you know, all the big banks, you know, they can screw us all over every time. They don't. There's no. <sighs> yeah. Oh, Brad said he took a fake bomb into an airport and made sure a guard saw it. Wow. <laughs> he said Dave was there. Yeah, that's. Yeah, it sounds like something Brad would do. Well, you may have got away with it before 9-11, but. I wonder if it looked like a clock. Like <laughs> that would be funny. Well, that was, that was a story I read about that kid, that poor kid that goes into the school with his clock he made. Yeah, I got in trouble for that. Good God. No, I got in trouble because I brought it up on our show, the double special show, and uh, you know I try always to see both sides of the situation. I know that we have some people on the show. My co-host a little reactionary sometimes, a little knee-jerky, as Americans tend to be. Uh, I'm not that American. I like to see both sides. I like to think about it first before I make any comments. I read a couple of stories about it and realized, number one, the kid's stupid as hell to bring a clock like that into the school. you got to be a moron to think that people aren't going to think something, regardless of what nationality or ethnicity you are. Then you add in that he's Arabic, and that just doesn't, that compounds it. And he should be aware of that at 17 or 16 or however old he was. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, th- then we find out that his father was actually politically motivated and has been and so on and so forth. So the whole thing just kind of stunk. But I, you know, I defended the school and saying, look, maybe they shouldn't have called the police or the kid shouldn't have been arrested. But definitely con- contacting the authorities and saying, hey, this, this is a little weird is totally okay. And I got slammed in the head for it. How dare you? They, they attacked him because he's Muslim. I'm like, whatever. 
Well, yeah, I mean, there is a part of that, isn't there? You know what I mean? You can't you can't rule it out, can you? <laughs> well, your you're, you're people in the chat room just have awful, uh, awful uh, experiences. Uh, Jimmy Poodle took a dump in the post office. Yeah, people tried to ignore him. It's well, like, how could you, though? <laughs> I, I'd have to say something. I couldn't ignore that. Good grief. I, I couldn't do it. He's, you got to love our Jimmy, haven't you? I, I haven't. I've heard some of his stuff, but I haven't heard all of his stuff. He seems like quite an interesting character, for sure. Oh, yeah. You know, there's, any, you know, there's a boy that could do, be doing a bit of stand-up comedy. I mean, some of his writing. I mean, obviously, you know, there's a line in the sand and piss, uh, Jim's pissing over it. But um, <laughs> but generally, you know, it's good stuff. I love Jimmy's stuff. He's dumping over the line. He's, he's not dumping. Yeah. Well, he does sometimes. But he's yeah. a good boy. Um, and um, a lovely community. Yeah. Uh, I saw that uh, that Miguel Hito's got a brand new website, and he's throwing all the podcasts and kind of lumping them all together and making like this whole podcast collective, which I, which I think is kind of cool. It's nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lovely little uh, collection of um, shows going up on the website under construction, obviously. Um, yep. So, yeah, it's going to be really good. I'm really looking forward to it. And you're still heading over this way, obviously. I am uh, indeed. In December. I am. So, um, so I will uh, take you up on your offer of uh, stage time. Oh, you will. Oh, yeah. Okay, we'll set it up. Would Tell me talk- what dates. You give me the dates, and I'll I'll find a stage for you. Well, it's whatever fits in with you guys. You know what I mean? Will you wear a penis costume? No, but I will wear the wig. You. <laughs> I will wear the wig, and there will be a monkey on stage with me. You a live monkey? No. Oh. Uh you might do better with the penis costume. I don't know. I'm just saying. Well, you know. We really like our penises over here. <laughs> so it would seem. <laughs> <laughs> we send pictures of them. Uh, people try to hide them. Every now and again, a woman just lops one off and throws it in the street. Yeah, we're very penis oriented over here. But, you know, I was talking about the other the day about some woman who's. Uh, I don't know whether it was an American story or it was an English story where, where her boyfriend bites his knob off. But he goes to the hospital. They sew it back on. Uh, I don't know. She obviously got into trouble for that. They get back together, and <laughs> she does it again. Wow! Uh, but this time she thinks you're not sewing this fucker back on. Uh, this is going to get destroyed. So she destroys, destroys oh his way. So there you go. Well, that's on him, dude. Because once the girl bites it off, you don't go back to the girl. Well, no, you don't go for a second sitting, do you? <laughs> no, that's a deal breaker. I'm sorry, you bit my penis off. I got nothing else to say to you. Unbelievable. Who who does she better she better be amazing and at that point why does he have his penis out at all I mean was it healed completely did he she even give it a chance to heal why would he have it out I mean I don't understand at well, that point you know, I'm very was... very nervous about pulling my penis out around that girl <laughs> well she's he's obviously gone back for part two hasn't he so you know well good God man good God <laughs> it's crazy well this is this is the madness of the world Chris. <laughs> The madness of the world is this damn Star Wars release. I, I'm a big Star Wars fan, but if I hear one more crappy thing about the race of the players or the fact that a black guy is in the lead and people are boycotting the film, the Americans, just people in general, the, the nerds that are into the Star Wars to the point where they're so pissed off about it, amazes me, amazes me. Bruce has just joined us in the chatting window uh, and says, John... Can you make a penis costume from the from the current items in in your wardrobe? Uh, n- n- no, is the you can't. Come on, you can take a throw pillow and like wrap it over your head to give it your bul- that bulbous effect. Uh, then you can take like a, p- a pink or a flesh toned 
and that's the only word I can think of, flesh tone comforter and wrap it around you in a tubular type fashion. And then just to put two big like soccer balls or big like, uh, you know, fluffy round throw pillows or bean bags. Ooh, for the feet, even better. It's funny. Uh, um, it's just rec- I've just recalled uh, one of my relatives was a famous comedian back in the day, sort of uh, 60s, 70s, uh, called Al Dean. And um, basically, um, he used to go on stage with basically naked, uh, well, shorts on. And um, he used to go on and he used to have a red hat. He had his red hair and uh, a black hat. So he used to do an impersonation of a live match and a dead match. You know, I some, that sounds so familiar to me. That, that's, that's what he used to do back in the day. Oh, there was another guy that used to do a, an impression of a fluorescent light bulb turning on. He would click and he would do the light bulb with his eyes. Something different but similar in that uh, it was an inanimate, an inanimate ah, I can't even say it, inanimate object that he was imp- impersonating. There you go. So yeah, have I you ever done the- any of that sort of shit on stage, Chris? What? Well, silliness like that? Well, you know, I mean, because, uh, you know, I, I know obviously the viewers at home, well, the viewers, the listeners at home don't, don't know your style of comedy. Tell me your style of comedy. Uh, I... My style of comedy is very fast-paced, very high energy. Uh, it's I had somebody call it stream of consciousness last week, where I the first fifteen to 10, 10 to fifteen minutes of my set is what I I do what what I call assumptive stereotyping, where I look at the audience and just as, make assumptions about them and who they might be or what their jobs might be, uh, and riff on that. And then the style is very fast. I don't really give. There's not a lot of downtime in between bits. Uh, and I and it is very physical. I do throw myself around the stage, but I've never dressed up with anything. I never put any costumes. That's something is you know because I mean obviously, I mean I still don't know who I am on stage, and I'm trying different things as you do. Um, if there was one type, I mean, is the style of comedy you're doing now the, obviously because it's working for you? You're going to say yes, but I mean, yeah. back in the day, was there anything you wanted to really try, and you thought I wanted to want to be like sure. that? I, I wanted to do characters. There's a there's a comedian that I grew up watching. His name is Bob Nelson. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's an American guy. Uh, and he used to do a bunch of different characters on the stage. I first saw him on Roddy Dangerfield's, uh, uh, and he, uh, uh, what is it, annual Young Comedian special. Uh, and he did, uh, he's very famous for the Jiffy Jeff football thing, uh, where, he, and, where he does, uh, not sorry, Jiffy Jeff Jim. He's a boxer. He's a punch-drunk boxer, he does. But he does like seven or eight characters. And at, and at one point, he actually had a Broadway show where he put all those characters on stage, huge set uh, of a, like an apartment building, and he would run in and around, up and through the different windows and come out as a different character in each window. And he did a whole play on that. It was brilliant, very funny. Uh, but yeah, I always want to do characters, you know, actually do a character. But I just haven't found the nerve to do that. To, to let myself go in another personality, other than the one I've, I I use, because obviously, presumably, you you know, you've got the characters in the bag when it comes to improv. Yes and no. I mean, I don't usually do voices. For me, it's more when I improvised, it was more emotional range. But yeah, I, I you know, I did the stereotypes, the country guy that we did our British guy. Oh yes, oh right, love. Hey, whatever you say, mate. But I always felt bad about doing voices because you didn't know if you get the voices. Right, like sometimes my French guy would sound like a, a German guy for some reason. We kind of slip in and out, uh, you know. Well, this is it. When I start, when I'm doing the characters, I mean, you know, if I start off French, it's going to end up in Italian sooner or later. Right, 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 right. So yeah, and then I can really nail like sort of a ghetto sort of thing. But now people are so sensitive now that they think I'm trying to do a black person because that's the only thing in their head. They don't think you know low rent ghetto. They just think black person for some reason. Uh, and the country thing and the, the, you know, basically that urban voice, uh, you know, a rapper's voice, if you will. Yeah. 
And that's about it, really. I mean, yeah, I mean, it well, it just depends on the situation. I'm sure I've done other characters, but God knows what they are. Who knows? I just make them up. So you've you've done a lot of improv, loads. Um, <clears throat> you obviously love it. Um, Used to. How 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 does it differ? Uh, would you say? Um, obviously, you're with a group on stage. We know that, but yeah, for you, how does it differ between that and just standing on stage on your own? Oh well, I mean, it, there's a myriad of different ways that it that it's different. I mean, you know, there's nobody. There's nobody really to, to back you up when you're doing stand-up and you're on your own. It's just you. And if a joke doesn't go over, there's nobody to back you up. You know, in improv, your, your fellow players should be boosting you up uh, and helping you. Uh, and it should be that way with everybody. So there's always somebody to fall back. I always said, you know, in an improv show on any given night, it was somebody's night. You know what I mean? There was always one player who was on that night. And they kind of took everybody on their back and marched them right through the show. With stand-up, you have to be that person every time you step on stage. You have to bring the audience on your back, and it's up to you, and they expect that. And if you don't, if you don't deliver, then they're not it's, – yeah, it uh, doesn't work very well. At least with an improv night, if you're not having a great night, somebody else will. There'll be somebody else to pick up the slack. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you live together, die together, I say. Well, die together mostly, but yeah, I mean, there, <laughs> there is some living that happens. But yeah, I mean, the improv is an interesting thing, and I think when people go see improv, they think it's going to be like they see it on TV and it's funny – every single time and sometimes it's not funny and sometimes it can get serious and sometimes it can get just weird you know like really weird uh i mean is you, it, well you know, know the thing with improv certainly in the uk unless you're some sort of really high-flying troop and yeah. I, I mean improv uh, troops getting booked over there for stage time or what's the score well there's a pretty big uh scene in sarasota down south from us in florida and yeah, they have their own venues. That so they're not getting booked. They put on long-running shows. You know, it's just like anywhere else. There's a place in Atlanta called Dad's Garage. They've had an on-running, ongoing show for probably ten years, but they have their own theater space. You pay fifteen bucks to go in there. You sit and you have some food, and then you go into the theater room and they do improv shows. Sac Comedy Lab is the same thing in Orlando. Uh, that's an actual college for improv where they have classes. Then in the evenings they have you know stage uh, with a big you know auditorium in there, and they put on shows with different types of troupe, musical improv, whatever it is. So it's not really that you book them, although we booked ourselves at the improv uh, for a nice little run, and we just took you know the door, uh, and it was an, again on, a, on an off night. Otherwise, you got to have your own theater. Right. Okay. So I, I do like the improv. I really enjoyed. Did my first gig on Sunday? Um, what was it? Sorry. It was. It was your first, like, real live in front of an audience improv thing? Yeah, yeah. We did 25 minutes. Nice. Played a few silly games. Um, yeah. It was in a, a place called the Well Space in uh, Liverpool. And, um, yeah, went down went down well. Went down well. And uh, looking forward to the next one. Well, you know, it's interesting. Maybe we can set something up when you come in. I know we got Miguel on the phone. Miguel, have you ever done improvisation or anything like that? Or has it just been the voices, the radio voices and stuff? What did he say? My whole life. Can you not hear me? You're very yeah, cool. barely. You're a little low. Really? This stupid thing, John. I thought you fixed this, man. You're screwing me all up here. Oh, he's blaming uh, you, John. He's blaming me. <laughs> yeah, he said you should. He said you should have fixed it. John and I were on the phone for like an hour today, trying to get our systems straightened out together. I don't know what we do. Every every week we're on the phone at least one time, uh, trying to get our systems squared away. Uh, improv wise, can you hear me pretty good now, guys? Yeah, not. It's better. Speak up. Okay. Is that a little bit? Is that better here? Yeah, let's say just swallow the mic, mic. Um, I tell you the honest truth, I've never done like improv within a group, but I, I mean, I like the whole voice thing. I mean, I usually set up little funny scenarios on our shows that I've done before. 
uh, and I, I just kind of run with it. So I mean, my my improv is really done more over in, in character character zone, I guess. But I've never done it on stage. But I I really I really would like to do that. I uh, you know it's funny. I, everything I do is improvised. If you listen to our radio show, there's no we don't have a script. We have bare bones things that we're going to talk about. We kind of wing it. Uh, when I do my B-side radio show, I, I listen to other internet radio shows, and I know that they tape their, their little bumpers where they talk in between and then insert them. I don't do that. I do it live. I play the song, I listen to the song, and then I talk afterwards, and whatever the hell comes out of my mouth comes out of my mouth. And if it's really awful, then I'll start it over. Uh, but that comes from doing improv. That's leaked into every other facet of my performance, including stand-up. I don't do the thing by the book anymore. I go in and out and do a bit and then talk and stop, and maybe I'll think, you know, Whatever. There's no fear in just letting things well, no, happen at the moment. Well, it works, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Well, you, 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 know, you are very good to come. Obviously, you, you, know, you do it on stage all the time anyway. So yep. um, I suppose it's like second nature to you. It's my job now. But, governor. <laughs> it's my job. It's my job now, damn it. My job, governor. It's my uh, job. See, Mike know, is I... very good. Mike, you are very good with the voices, Mike, and I'd love to have those voices on stage in improv because, I mean, uh, cause there's a lot of people that I work with that, that to do all the voices and I can't you know if now, I'm there John if I'm there in May you know 100% I would love absolutely to step on the stage with you guys yeah well you're welcome very welcome so I mean that's that's the thing Chris when you were saying you know you kind of do I, I never ever the only thing I, I try to get straight is you know if I if there's a song that I have on my show that I do the, you know, the little music show if I have a song on there that I, I want to know some information I'll probably do a little bit of research to like dig in deeper into the song so I can give a little bit more research if I don't know fully about some of these guys that I'm doing, which pretty much, I know most of them, but there's a few of them I'd like to dig a little bit more information out of. Right. So that, but the improv, I mean, any of the sketches that I do, you know, you talk about bullet points, you know, you, you have your board with a few of, of your basic go-tos uh, of ideas on there, and then you just kind of wing the rest, and I, I love winging it. That's the, I mean, it makes for funnier comedy. Sometimes, you, you know, you run flaps, sometimes you really hit it. Yeah, that's what John was saying. It is fun. It can be fun, and there have been magical moments that we've had with the hooligans when we've been on stage, but there have been also times where I'm like, oh, my God, we're dying an awful, horrible death. There's nothing we can do to stop it. I just yep. find it with, with the group, um, you know, things aren't going down. I mean, I find, everything I do with the group is I just find funny. You know, it's just like, you know, uh, where it's, it's very, it can be very self-serving at times. Um, and there was one or two moments on stage on Sunday where it, you know, it wasn't going down well for the audience, but it was absolutely going down bloody marvelously for the, for the troupe. Because oh, I was, yeah. just, I well, was that's, just that, yeah, that's that uh, you know when comics go to open mics, you know we go to open mics not to see the new talent. We go, we want to go see somebody crash and burn, man. That's you know that's fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not a big fan of that. I have to say. Um, I mean, because I want to celebrate, because we all know how hard it is to get our asses up and stand, because we all know it's balls of steel stuff to get up and stand in front of an audience and yeah. and do whatever you're going to do. Um, no, but now, especially, you know, I see guys that have not been doing it for two months and three months. I can't even imagine. I, I, I was there at some point. I don't know what I was thinking to, to step up there and push through that, but I did. And looking back on it with somebody else is like, wow. And that's where the laughter comes. We're like, man, I'm glad that's not me. Oh, shit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I've seen, uh, I mean, I've died on my arse at a restaurant gig. It was disastrous. Um, um, that was my only real experience um, of dying per se. But um, 
uh, you know, when all the people, when I see all the people, and just, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean we, we did laugh about that comedian that was on stage with the flames flying out of his ass and cards right. and stuff like that. I mean, that to me, it was just, why? I mean, I, <laughs> he, he was a headliner, too. That wasn't an open micer. That was a guy that actually is in my neck of the woods as far as, like, getting paid and traveling. It's yeah, because his comedy was okay, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, his comedy was going great, and then all of a sudden he just started to, <laughs> to do a card trick in the yeah, middle. I, that came out of nowhere. That it was, was very amusing because I could just remember you saying to me, right, I've seen enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's go. I, I Look, I've experienced so many weird things in comedy clubs, especially the comedy clubs that are put in these pop-up places. I've seen guys get up and choke their ladies in the middle of the show not because of something i said just because it was time you know to, to choke them out yeah. uh I, i've seen women come in people come into the things with their pets with like birds and snakes and crap i mean just it's amazing unbelievable I'd say, i've seen one guy um get up on stage and uh because no one was laughing he was getting rather angry at that that to be honest with that particular thing wasn't very pleasant i said i laugh about it now but i wasn't laughing at the time i have to say yeah, just check in your chat room there to make sure anybody's still on there. Uh, <coughs> no, I, it's uh, I I don't you know what I'm I'm doing the improv lessons now. I'm doing a class at the uh, the community center here for some kids and adults, and I don't know that I want to get back into a group. It was just grueling, and it was you know th there's no money to be had in a group of six or seven people. There really isn't. But I mean, you can get spiritually fulfilled, and obviously your stand up can only get better. If you do improv, I mean, I can't say enough about what improv did for my stand-up. It changed yeah. everything. But I think also, I mean, obviously, gigging with friends as well—that that that's sure. uh, you know that's great. Are you, fr are you friends with everybody in your little group? Absolutely. Um, What's the name of the group? We haven't. We were, well, we're thinking about the name, but we're thinking it's going to be called Glitter and Piss. What do you think of that, Miguel? Glitter and Piss. Uh, it sounds pretty good to me. I had to switch mics, guys. Sorry, my sound is all screwed up. No, that sounds much better. Much better. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, good uh, I like glitter and piss. That sounds like a lot of fun. Mm. So it's like flashy and then kind of dirty. Is that what you're saying about the show? Well, no. It's basically, <laughs> it's, there's two reasons for the, for us thinking about that name. Is that one of the places where we uh, practice uh, stinks of piss. And the, oh. other place, the other place we do is uh, like an art room and there's glitter everywhere and smells lovely. And so that was the reason behind it all anyway. Yeah, well, if you name that, you're going to have to you have that explanation at the ready for anybody because they're going to ask. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Glitter and yeah. piss. I mean, obviously, we won't be doing any children's shows with a name like that. No, I don't think so. Hey, everybody, <laughs> it's glitter and piss. I'll tell you something. The children's shows are fun. If you can keep it clean and get your head, keep your head in the game, kids love to pretend, and they really get off on it, and you can really get silly and goofy. I've done some really fun shows for kids. Listen, well, are you doing any? Uh, are you doing any of these improv classes while I'm there? Uh, no, we'll start after the first of the year. We tried to do something, but the holidays are here, so it's not. But uh, you know, hey, listen, when you're here, if you want to run through some exercises, Jordan and I are more than happy. You can come to the house. We can have a little improv party. And as goofy as that sounds, I can run you through some exercises that we used to do and and, and have some fun. I mean, you know, we'll have an audience, but doesn't matter. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I don't know if that sounded it. weird. That sounded like, hey, come over to my house and I'll get you some shorts and you can go in the pool. And then after that, we can go in the room and listen to records. <laughs> yeah, we'll get the old hmm. penis costume out. You can rub my shoulders. <laughs> That's it. And I'll play a car song like in uh, you know Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I want John getting out of the pool with the red bathing suit on, though. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. You can be my Phoebe Cates, you bastard. What is going to be a full, full one-piece full one suit? Good <laughs> 
Just, just the water coming off in slow motion. Good oh, Jesus Christ. That's, good. That's <laughs> and then He's going to come out of the water eating beans on toast. That's Jesus. what he's going to be. Even I've just, just been sick of my own mouth. <laughs> Miguel, are you? what are you doing for Halloween? I know you're dressing up, you freak. Uh, you know, as I had a funny photo. If you see it on the, my go on my site, it's a, I was dressed as the Street Fighter Ryu character last year, which actually turned out really good. I wasn't planning on dressing up, and it, came, it turned out really good. I look way buffer than I am. Just walk up to people, Hadouken! Yeah, <laughs> and it was like it happened to be thirty degrees that night, and I was wearing that little dime store crappy Halloween costume. That was my. So, I might as well have just been freaking in my underwear. So hang on, just back up there a little bit. You were you saying you look buffer than you actually are? Yeah. There's someone definitely buffering that body up, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> it's, called, it's called beer. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> it's buff. It's buffing like a, uh, you know, in a round sort of way. Yeah. It's buffing all the right places. They would say, where, you know, it's like round is a shape, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, listen, uh, to, um, boys and girls, uh, we've, 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 we're just running out of time fast and. Um, Oh, dear what, God! What do you think about that? The whole over now already? It's uh, the, uh, well, yeah, because it's forty-five minute show. This one. Ah, we've been well. We like to talk. What can I say? Well, exactly, and that's what it's all about. You know, yeah. It's good I was to looking talk, forward to hearing yeah. some of that music, though. Oh Christ! Well, yeah, we'll do another show for that. You don't want to? Yeah. Well, I'm going to do because I'm, I'm, you know, everyone's probably going to sigh, and but I, I want to do a dubstep dubstep show. You see? Really? Oh yeah. Nice. I love that. Jordan's nice. got some good dubstep, I'm sure. Uh, dubstep, I'm sure. I got some good stuff, too. Well, Jordan, yeah. Jordan's into, like, all this underground stuff. I, I'm i having fun doing... I just did a reggae show. but It wasn't dubstep. It was dub reggae dub stuff. And that, that show actually turned out pretty nice. I had fun doing it. Yeah. Awesome. Did you hear my Nerdcore show, all nerdy hip-hop? I did. I did. I'm not a huge fan of the nerd hip-hop uh, music, but uh, it was really... It was kind of cool stuff. Yeah, I went all over the board this time. Next time I'll play a lot of the good guys and whatnot. But hey, make sure you guys, uh, Chris, I, I'm going to host you guys on that new Pod Tsunami site that I just developed. Sweet. Um, yeah, you guys are going to, I'm going to put you guys on there just as a ping off to your site. But uh, right. we, we got everybody, everybody that's uh, that we've been working with is going to be on that site. John's going to have his own page on there, Brad, uh, Jimmy, Kev, you name it. I just made a site and I'm going to put everybody on that damn thing. Right on. Beautiful. So, but uh, take care, guys. I'm gonna let you go. Have a good one, John. Thanks for letting me be on, Chris. Take care. Thanks, you too, brother. Yeah. Cheers. So, so uh, uh, thanks, Chris, for uh, for joining me on the show. Been nice yeah. chatting to you, mate. Yeah. Hopefully, you can be up late one night. You can give us a call. Well, that's it. If I'm late, up there, I should be. I might manage it tonight. Um, I've just been had some crazy uh, early mornings, and um, and yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, you all about dress, that you one. You got dresses to buy. I get it. <laughs> right, stay on the phone, Chris. I'm going to. Uh, right. I'm going to say goodbye to everybody. Uh, we'll say goodbye, Chris. Anyway. Oh, hey! Thanks for having me on. Bye, everybody. Listen to Double Special That's Tuesday it. nights. Tuesday nights, Double Special show, half one UK time, uh, IRN and YouTube. Yep, YouTube live. Do you like that? Very good. Right. Thanks, Chris. Hey, my pleasure, brother. Hope it was okay.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.